0: How are y'all today? What do you think about the song Tomorrow will be kinder? It's been a be nice, isn't it? That's what we're hoping for. It's what we're working for. It's one of the reasons we exist around this community to make that tomorrow a little bit kinder. Well, the 11th century was a good one for PISA commercially, politically, and militarily. After sacking Palermo, The government needed a place to display all of the treasures that it seized in that war. And so they built an area called the uh, Field of Miracles, which would house a cathedral, a monastery, a baptistry, a cemetery, and one very tall bell tower. In fact, the bell tower was meant to be the tallest of the age. And it probably would have been... If only now given that the name Pisa is a Greek word that means marshy land you would have thought that the architects who were building this bell tower would have taken that into consideration but they did not and the result is that the leaning tower but people have a lot of fun with it and that's a good thing when we look at the leaning tower of Pisa We think about not planning for tomorrow, not thinking of tomorrow. We're in this series that we close today called Guilt-Free Wisdom on Money. And the last teaching that is today is tomorrow matters. So we better plan today because tomorrow matters. When we recognize that tomorrow matters, it will change. What we do today. There's a Chinese proverb that says, the seeds of today are the fruit of tomorrow. So what are we planting? What seeds are we planting today that will grow into fruit tomorrow? Knowing that tomorrow matters will change what we say today and what we do today and even how we spend today. Do y'all remember Aesop's fables? We bought this book years and years ago when our two adult boys were children, and there's a story in here called The Ant and the Grasshopper. I will read you a story. (laughs) The ant and the grasshopper on a cold, frosty day, an ant, which had laid up some corn in the summertime, was bringing it out to dry, a grasshopper half-dead with hunger, begged the ant to give him a morsel to preserve his life. What were you doing, asked the ant, all through last summer? Oh, said the grasshopper, I was not idle. I sang all day. The ant laughed, and collecting her grain said, Well, since you could sing all the summer, you may dance all the winter. And Aesop says, The lesson is we should never lose a good opportunity. I have read some variations of that fable that uh, had the conclusion where the ant had mercy on the grasshopper and invited the grasshopper in for a meal. Ants and grasshopper. Well Aesop wrote that as a Greek fable and about within a hundred years of Aesop writing that there was another fabulist from Israel a Hebrew fabulist, who wrote these words. Go to the ant, you sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. It has no commander, overseer, or ruler, yet it would prepare its food in the summer. It gathered at the harvest what it will eat. Ants are creatures with little strength, but they prepare their food in the summer. Well, relatively speaking, ants are not weak. In fact, an ant can carry about 20 to 50 times its own weight. That would mean in a human sense that I would be able to carry about an 8,000 pound hippopotamus. (laughs) Yeah, ants are not at all weak. Both Greek wisdom and Hebrew wisdom tell us to go to the ant, consider the ant, look at the ant. Tells us to get down on our knees and watch the ant, not to smash the ant, but to learn from the ant. These creatures are our teachers. It's kind of humiliating to think that something as small as an ant can teach us. Wisdom can come to us in the most unexpected ways and from the most unexpected places. What is the lesson here from the ant? From Aesop's story of the ant and the Hebrew fable a story of the ant. The lesson possibly is tomorrow matters. And so prepare today. Paul puts it like this in the Christian scripture. Therefore, consider carefully how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. In the Christian scripture, there are two Greek words for evil. One word means to be evil in your character The second word, which is one that Paul uses here, means hurtful. It's more the evil that is a result of of something, uh, painful and hurtful. And uh, Paul is saying here that the days in which he was living are hurting people. Hmm. The opposite of this word for evil people to whom and against whom we want to be mean. God is gentle and mellow, even to the enemies. That just messes with you, doesn't it? It's like, how do we live in this world? If you go on to Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, following that, that we show that we are children of God by also acting gentle and kind to those who are ungrateful and evil. We don't do that. That's not our M.O. Most of us in here, including me, are not gentle and kind to the people who are ungrateful and hurtful to us. That's the last thing we want to be to people who hurt me, is to be gentle and kind toward them. But Jesus says that's how we show that we're children of God. Like father, like son, like mother, like child. Yeah. I don't know how many of us can qualify for that. So Paul says take advantage of every opportunity because the days are hurtful. Take advantage of every opportunity to bring healing to a hurtful world, to bring kindness to a mean world, to bring gentleness to a harsh world. Take every opportunity to bring the smoothness of wine, or the smoothness of chamomile tea to a world that is just flowing with poison. The antidote to the harshness is not more harshness, but it is kindness. Take advantage of the opportunity. Life does give us moments of opportunity. We saw on the news this week of the horrible murder of a nursing student in Athens, Georgia, And uh, one of the spokespersons for the police department of uh, that community said that the crime that was committed was, I I didn't know this term, Uh, John, you would know this as an attorney and other law enforcement people, a crime of opportunity. So I had to look that up. A crime of opportunity is a crime that is committed without any planning. The individual who committed the crime saw an opportunity and took advantage of the opportunity to do something very ho- or horrible and awful. That's kind of what Paul is saying. Every one of us, at every moment of the day, we all have an opportunity of how to respond to a situation. There's an opportunity for us to either be hurtful to somebody, to say a kind word to somebody, to say a hurtful word to somebody. We have a choice every time how to respond. We are given an opportunity every moment of every day. Hmm. Some opportunities come and go. When I was a sophomore in college in 1976, I had an opportunity to buy some stock in a 14 year old company out of Bentonville, Arkansas. A missed opportunity. Yeah. What did I know as a sophomore in college about stocks? I was buying my gasoline from a relative of Denise's, an uncle who was the local standard distributor there, and he had a connection with with Walmart. And he said, "Philip, I." I I, I can put you in contact with someone in Bentonville. they can you know you can buy buy just a fifty fifty dollars worth of stock, hundred dollars. get some money from your dad and invest it. Ah, that's okay. <laughs> I'll just keep my money in this mutual fund yeah <laughs> You know it doesn't take a whole lot. Today, to make a big difference tomorrow. A small word, a small deed, a small investment. Yesterday could have made a big difference in our lives today. Odds are, you haven't heard of a man named Jeffrey Holt. Mr. Holt lived a modest, very frugal life. He was, His job was to be the groundskeeper for a mobile home park where he also lived in the little village of Hinsdale, New Hampshire. Mr. Holt lived so frugally and modestly that he hardly ever bought new clothes. His clothes were just almost rags falling off of him. And instead of driving a car around that little community, he would drive his riding lawnmower from place to place. And uh, he was more than content to spend his time either working or just fiddling with his antique model car collection. No one ever suspected that this unassuming man was secretly a millionaire. Behind the scenes, yeah, he probably bought some Walmart stock. (laughs) When he died on June 6, 2023, he left behind $3.8 million in the bank. But he, in his will, said he wanted every penny to go to the town, to make it a better town. But it had to be invested in their education or entertainment or health care for people or for the culture of the community. You know, I, I honestly, I'd like to do more than just ride a lawnmower around town. I'd like to have more experiences than Mr. Holt had. But I do learn from Mr. Holt that on his salary as a groundskeeper, he was so frugal and he was so modest in his living. I learned from him to be more frugal, to get by with less. I want fuller experiences than he had, but that's a lesson that I could learn. There's a guy by the name of uh, Leo, Leo, Leo Tzu, who was the uh, the founder of, of Taoism. And he lived around 500 BCE. And he said this, I have three precious things which I hold fast and prize. The first is gentleness. The second is frugality. The third is humility, which keeps me from putting myself before others. Be gentle and you can, you can be bold. Be frugal and you can be liberal. Avoid putting yourself before others And you can become a leader among men. Paul says it like this. Let everyone see your gentleness. Your Christos. Be wise and store up choice food and olive oil. But fools gulp theirs down. Be wise. Be frugal. Tomorrow matters. It's not just about the balance between my spending and my saving. The concept of tomorrow matters is about determining how we're going to be remembered. Tomorrow matters is about working today to make tomorrow better. Maybe the future is not something we enter. Maybe the future is something that we create by how we live in the present the Greek proverb says, a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. Tomorrow matters. It means that no matter what happened yesterday, we can make it better today because today was yesterday's Tomorrow. No matter what I messed up yesterday, no matter what word I may have said to someone, no matter what text I may have sent in, no matter what post I made on Facebook, if my communication yesterday was hurtful and harmful, if it was panoras, which is that Greek word, today I could be Christos. Today I could be kind. I have an opportunity today I, may, I can't undo what I did yesterday, but I can today be kind when t- yesterday I was not, because today is yesterday's tomorrow. So today we are sharing and we are receiving communion. When I was growing up, Denise and I, in the Southern Baptist Church, communion is what the Methodists called it, or the Eucharist. We call it the Lord's Supper. Because we like to have supper. (laughs) And what I liked about supper, calling it that, I think communion has a beautiful connotation. The Eucharist, the giving of things has a beautiful connotation. But I like the word supper because when we sit down for supper, I like for there to be a whole lot of food on the table. So we're having supper today. The Lord's supper, in my understanding as it relates today, is this it's all about forgiveness it's all about a new opportunity it's all about hope for tomorrow so no matter how messed up i was yesterday and no matter what harm i did to myself or to others yesterday i said the wrong thing i spent too much i drank too much i ate too much no matter what happened yesterday The Lord's Supper is all about there is a table full of forgiveness. There is a table full of a new opportunity. There is a table full of hope for a better today, for a better tomorrow. I want us to remember that when Jesus had the Passover meal with his disciples and he washed the feet of his disciples and he took the bread and he broke it and he took the wine and he poured it and he served it to his disciples. Metaphors of forgiveness and hope. There were two guys there in that group of disciples. One of those guys was Peter. What did Peter later do that night? Deny Jesus. Another guy was Judas. What did Judas do later that night? Betray Jesus. Denying Jesus and betraying Jesus, it doesn't get much worse than that, does it? Yet, we're able to partake of the forgiveness, of the opportunity, and of the hope. No matter what we've done, the table, the Lord's Supper, is bountiful. It is full of forgiveness and hope for a better today and a better tomorrow. So we're gonna receive that. And uh, we have gluten-free bread. I think everybody has to have gluten-free bread. Sorry about that. And we also have some Cheerios to remind us of the lesson of the ant. Go to the ant and learn to prepare today for what's to happen tomorrow. So we have a group, a team, of communion saints. They gave themselves that name. I didn't give it to them. (laughs) So if you all could take your places, and they will instruct you as to where to go. We have a table in front of me on my right, on my left. We have some up in the balcony area, and we have some communion saints up there who will guide us. And Joey will come out, or David, you're going to play for us. Thank you. And as uh, as they play, if you will stand up. Do you want the first row to come on? all right just follow that direction and when you get your elements just sit there with them for a few moments and we'll eat and we'll drink together in just a moment we share this meal of the bread and of the wine together because together all of us without exception need forgiveness All of us, without exception, have the opportunity to do today what we failed to do yesterday, to repent from the harm that we did yesterday and take advantage of the new day, to do good, to be kind, to respond with gentleness. As we eat today, we're receiving that forgiveness, and we're living in that hope of a new tomorrow. Together, let's do that. Thank you for that experience, and I hope it's as meaningful to you and hopeful for you as it is for me.